Garen Emig and Bill Haston, a couple of sports columnists for the Tulsa World, going to spend a little time with you uh, via both video and audio. If you download the podcast, thanks for doing it, first of all. If you are uncertain how to go about that, you can catch anything that we put out as the Tulsa World Sports staff, uh, audio-wise audio on Apple, Spotify, or Google. I think most of you know the drill by now. Just get on there, download, like us, so that you can keep catching our content moving forward, and we would appreciate it. Video every week on TulsaWorld.com. Um, Bill, we've got basketball in the uh, spotlight, certainly this week, based on not just performances of the, the area teams, college basketball teams, and, and for that matter, high school teams, but conduct. Uh, we had Oral Roberts getting into it in the handshake line uh, in a game against North Dakota State last week in Fargo and involved Paul Mills. Yes, sir. That, that wasn't cool. Uh, you were at the Owasso Booker T High School game over at Nate Harris uh, Fieldhouse on Friday night. That got heated. You wrote about the combination of those two events had you writing something over the weekend for the world that I want to ask you about. And then it even nationally escalated what you, the, your, your topic escalated because of what Jawan Howard did. And with, uh, with some assistance from Wisconsin's coaches after the Wolverines game at, uh, at Wisconsin yesterday. So first tell us, tell us why you wrote what you wrote uh, and tell us what you wrote and then we'll go from there. Well, Obviously, the, the Booker T, uh, the Owasso Booker T incident occurred 24 hours after what had happened with ORU and Paul Mills. Uh, Bryce McKinnis, our beat writer for ORU and Tulsa, made attempt an attempt to talk with Paul Mills Friday, and so did I. And neither of us uh, were able to was able to talk with Paul. Uh, he didn't return our calls, and uh, which surprises me and disappoints me. Uh, and then, uh, so that's fresh on my mind, right? And I go to this full, hot, energized gym Friday night to see an amazing game. And I wrote, too, that it was the best basketball atmosphere I've been a part of. I've been uh, the best basketball atmosphere I've been in since the Trey Young Bedlam game four years ago, Garen, mm -hmm. uh, over at Stillwater. And it was, I mean, it's exactly what you want. It was I don't know, 60-40 uh, split on attendance, maybe 70-30. I don't know. But there's a lot of Owasso people there, lots of noise both ways. Every possession screams from one side or the other. It's a great game. and But very, very physical game, uh, very emotional game. Booker T's best player is a former Owasso Ram who transferred over the summer from Owasso to Booker T, Aaron Potter, who's a really interesting player. Uh, and I wrote about him for Sunday as well. Um, so I saw some things during the game, uh, and really this was a, a really top crew, officiating crew, like, you know, you see in the, uh, college basketball, you see certain officials that like a lot, a lot of big games, right. And you see these officials here at certain big games. And, and so there was a top crew, and yet I thought they let them get away with way too much with regard to language, physicality. Uh, there were some in, insanely physical exchanges that didn't get whistled in any kind of way. And I thought, wow, okay. Um, and so I just sensed, you know, I told myself as the game was about to come to an end, I made it a point to intently watch the handshake line because you got – highly charged uh, young athletes who've been asked for two hours to be warriors, and then you want them to cross paths and shake hands and good game, good game, good game. And which, you know, ideally that's the way it goes. 
quick handshake. Congratulations. See you in the playoffs. Let's move on. And uh, so toward the end of that handshake line, Garen, uh, something was said. Uh, there was some commotion. And then it just went, I mean, like a grass fire on a windy day. I mean, it just went, you know, it, it became a thing. And miraculously, it didn't become a, a bad, bad, bad thing. Uh, and, and really, it's, the more I reflect on it, it's kind of a fluke that it didn't. Uh, but the teams were separated. Security did a great job of containing people who wanted to jump over the rail even. Gosh. And, uh, and then getting those players separated. And then, you know, people cool off. And I spoke with uh, Brian Montanati, the Owasso coach, after the game, and with Eli Brown of Booker T after the game. And, and you know, by then, they were, everybody was cool. And, and but mm -hmm. I, we talked about a variety of stuff the postseason mostly, but I thought I should ask about the handshake line and, and whether we should reconsider the value of the handshake line. And both coaches said what they said. Eli said, it's, it's something we do need to consider. And Brian said, you know, it's the first time in my basketball life I've ever experienced anything like this in a handshake line. Uh, but I'll, he said, I'll, we'll never put our kids in this situation again. We will read the room more effectively from now on. I'm paraphrasing now. We'll read the room more effectively. We're, and if, the, if the temperature's too hot to bring these guys together, we just won't do it. Right. Um, the response from readers has been – uh, uh, the volume of responses has been tremendous uh, and like, uh, you know, ranging from I can't believe you're serious to propose this or even ask the question to absolutely hell yeah, let's get rid of it right mm -hmm. now. Uh, so, uh, and then the Jawan Howard thing yesterday, just, uh, you know, everybody at ESPN, all of the programming planners and uh, just must have said thank you, Lord, for Jawan Howard because it gives ESPN like an all-day platform, uh, all all of their platforms, an all-day topic on Jawan Howard. So, and I haven't seen, I haven't looked in an hour or two whether the Big Ten has made a decision regarding uh, sanctions, right, on those schools, Wisconsin and, and Michigan. I don't know, uh, but there's a lot of calls for Jawan Howard to be. Uh, suspended for the rest of the year and for the Wisconsin coach to be suspended for a game or two. And, and uh, so, yeah, kind of an ugly weekend for basketball. So much to unpack here. Um, I want to start with coach's responsibility because that, that's sort of where I began in reflection, not just based on what you wrote over the weekend and, and what I saw uh, with Howard and guard and Michigan, Wisconsin, but again, dating back to last Thursday night, it was a case where you had some gamesmanship going on right toward the end of the game. North Dakota State stole the ball in backcourt, right? When all was, it was settled. They, the, the Bison were up, what, 16, 18? I mean, clearly had the game in hand. Right. They they violated sort of the code, right, in terms of taking finishing games of that sort. That's why I assume Mills was upset. Um, so there's a problem in how the end of the game was handled by on the, as far as gamesmanship, and then there became a problem in conduct afterward, and that's where I think more of the blame goes from Dave Richmond, the North Dakota State coach, to Mills at ORU. So I, I can't – you can speak for what happened in the high school game at Booker T Friday, but it's a similar setup to the Wisconsin-Michigan fiasco where you've got – the Wolverines pressing, even though it's a lost cause, correct? Down the stretch, right? 
Juwan Howard isn't backing off. Probably, probably should. Code dictates that you do. Trying to make a statement, and then, and then I guess guard called timeout to counter what Howard was doing. And so again, you have coaches behaving outside the realm at the end of the game, and then of course, what happens after the fact with Howard and his intention to look like was to walk by guard and the handshake line not not even stop to shake his hand. Guard then reaches out and stops him giving Howard an excuse to unload verbally on guard. That draws the attention of Wisconsin coaches. That draws the, the right hand that, that Howard placed on a Wisconsin assistant. Bill, in, in, in the two college cases, the problem is not just that it's the coaches that were at fault down the stretch of games and then after the fact, but you saw the effect it had on their players. I didn't see any, any issues between ORU and North Dakota State players initially in the handshake line. So I watched video. I think our friend Caden McFarland posted video for us to watch. Right. I don't know where I don't know where Caden got it, but I hadn't seen any until I saw Caden's video on, on social media. And I didn't see any issue issues player-wise. I didn't detect any issues at the end of the Michigan Wisconsin game until Howard and Guard got into it. So right, right. Then it then it's if the players see their coaches escalating, they're taking their cues. Of course they are from their coaches. Yeah. So that's where you've, I know emotion is high, and I know that you're upset that some things happened at the end of the game. But you can't, you, you've got it, you're a coach, you're in a responsible role. You've already got, you know, in some cases, teenage kids looking for an excuse to, to, to sort of crack because of the emotion of the game. And you just handed them one, a big one. And I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. I, I know I've said a lot, but it, it just in terms of coach responsibility here, I wondered if I could get your, your feedback on that. In both cases, I mean, you, you, uh, you know, there's the baseball is just got so many unwritten rules. And one of them is you don't steal a base when you're up seven runs, right. in the eighth inning or ninth inning, whatever. And that's kind of what happened in both games uh, with what transpired, you know, with the, you know, the cheap dunk at the end of the one game and the in the pressing and the timeout in the other game. I mean, both sides just chill. Uh, but with regard, you nailed it exactly. The 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 epicenter of the activity of the controversy at each of the college games began with the head coaches. It really and well, head coaches in Wisconsin and then head coach, it's it felt like with Paul. Because if Paul doesn't like surge forward and wolf back at that, the North Dakota State kid was wolfing at Paul. And Paul obviously took exception. And it looked like Paul Mills surged toward the kid a little bit, right? I mean, what are you going to do, Paul? If nobody's between you and the big guy, what are you going to do? You going to fight him? I mean, come on. Don't, don't. these coaches act all big and bad in the moment? Uh, and, and it sets the worst of examples. And it's not just an example you take away that an athlete takes away and thinks, hmm, I'll, I'll think about that and think about how I'm going to process that. No, are you kidding? No, these are these are extremely, um, first of all, you're coming off a two-hour or two-and-a-half-hour battle on the floor. And I, so emotions are, like, high anyway. And, and of course – if, a, if an athlete sees his head coach in some sort of conflict, he's going to rush to the aid of his. And then and then you've got, you know, you're going to seek out a guy. I remember that guy fouled me hard in the first half. You're going to go after him. And, and then you've got all hell breaks loose. So mm -hmm. uh, no, 100% agree. Uh, 
in the two college games. Uh, it And, you know, to some extent, I would even uh, extend that to – in the college games, the head coaches were the root of all equal. They were. Uh, were there mistakes made uh, maybe on the floor that led to some stuff? Yeah, okay. But, but the timeout was un unnecessary with that time and score – and pressing certainly was unnecessary for that time of score. And um, and then at ORU, uh, anyway, so, but, but yeah. even, even with the high school coaches, I would say, uh, even though 100% of your focus has to be on the next possession or coaching your team and trying to win, but uh, there's gotta be a part of you too that senses probably not a great idea to have these two collections of kids cross paths right now i mean if i'm thinking about it over there with barry lewis somebody and if not the head coaches maybe administrator yeah, exactly somebody garen on on the two uh edges of the benches should be thinking yeah or, or, or sneak in there and say brian let's skip the handshakes tonight uh eli let's skip the handshakes tonight so mm -hmm. yeah you know and, and i think maybe uh you know the high school coaches certainly seem uh, like they considered it a lesson learned. Both guys did. And so maybe uh, when there's a, you know, and there's a great chance, Garen, that they'll play again in two weeks. Well, in about 11 days for the right to go to state. Gosh. So, uh, oh, I hope it happens because I, I, right now, in my mind, in my mind of the east side of the state, true contenders. I mean, 6A, I would have Owasso and Booker T as the top two teams. Hmm. So I hope they play again. But I hope they play again. I don't want them to fight again. They didn't really fight, but we were that close to to what would have been, could have been a, a really rough incident. Okay, so then let's go on to the proposal that you suggested in, in the column, which was what? why not just do away with the, the tradition, the practice, and – that's, uh, I would imagine that's where a lot of your readers are. It's uh, and some, I, I imagine, have thought to criticize the coaches for their roles in, the, in, the, in this. But be that as it may, I imagine you, you do have a lot of feedback along the lines of why, why go to that extreme. And uh, I'll tell you this, it's, it's something that uh, I, there are some things about that suggestion that I hadn't thought of until, A, I read what you wrote, and then B, I reached out to college coaches that I've gotten to know over the years just as a, as a writer. And they think about things obviously different than you and I do and are a little closer to the action, literally, in the, in the case of post-game handshakes and, and congratulations and whatnot. And uh, I, I've had more feedback just in those text exchanges today along the lines of we should do away with it that I, that I expected. I'll be honest with you. I thought, I thought I'd get, nah, I don't know if we have to go to that extreme. And I've seen, you know what? I think it's time we went to that extreme. And uh, they've cited the NBA not doing it. Mm -hmm. They've cited we didn't do it last year with COVID. I don't know. I don't know. If, you know right. every, everyone acknowledged each other. There just wasn't a physical interaction. Yeah, you wave and move on. And they have said there have been more than one who has said, there is some th there are things that happen in, that people just don't know about when when you have a get it might look fine and it might go off fine 98 not 98 99% of the time but there are things that do that are said even in that even in that setting 
that if it's taken the wrong way by a player, typically, or even a coach, you have things like what happened in Madison or what happened in Fargo last Thursday. Right. So it so it's it's being what I'm saying is this. I don't know if it'll go to a a, a coach's board moving forward. I don't know if we'll see a change, but it it has it has people even outside of our sphere here in Tulsa thinking. Right. Well, I mean, at the high school level, it would uh, it would go to uh, a decision making level only if I think uh, if a high profile game that uh, was marred by a real real bad fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think there would be a lot more momentum for doing away with it. Um, but some of the, like some of the, one of the responses I got from a, uh, a reader, he just said, it's a little league exercise. It's outdated and emotions are just too hot when the game comes to a close. I mean, a lot of these games, a lot of them, you know, it's a 25 point game and there's really, you know, uh, but even in those games, you nailed it. You think there isn't, Heart, you think there aren't harsh, hateful things being said from one side or the other all night long? Come on now. And don't think that's a recent phenomenon. That's been going on. Henry Iba's boys were yeah. dog cussing the other side, and the other side was dog cussing Iba's guys. And that's a long time ago. So, no, no, that's that's not a uh, right now generational thing. That's been going on forever. So, um. And then, but what makes it feel a little more dangerous now maybe is is that, you know, you have these student sections that are full of excitable kids and, and they all think they're bulletproof and they want to jump over the rail and get involved. And, you know, you got everybody shooting video and everybody's yeah feels like they're, they're on stage in the moment. And I just think it personally... I think it would take us about five minutes to get used to the elimination of it. Just and after one full season of it, we wouldn't even remember it. We'd just do away with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not. It's not a. It's not a uh, an abandoned like one. And one person uh, emailed and said, "You know, the, here's the answer: better parenting." I'm like, "Well, okay, but that would make uh, everything better. Not just basketball yeah. handshakes. That would make everything better. But don't hold your breath on that." Yeah. So. Um, uh, I, I say get it. I say do away with it, and let's uh, let's get used to not having it and move on. Okay. Well, speaking of moving on, I'm not a proponent of sportsmanship, but you know what? An opponent falls on his rear end, help him up. Uh, you're crossing paths during the timeout, and a kid has made an unbelievable play at the other end. Tell him that was a beautiful play, man, and keep moving on. You could, there are little subtle, quick ways of acknowledging in a sportsman-like way the other guy yeah. without uh, the without the handshake. I just it, – it, it, it would – if it becomes a dinosaur, nobody would miss it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about it. Uh, moving forward, uh, our focus will be back on games soon enough and and figures, coaches. Uh, I, uh, I've, I've got the Bedlam game in Norman Saturday, which if uh, unless the Sooners pull an upset in te- Texas Tech, that's sort of their last lifeline about, about staying in the NCAA tournament race. They're, they're about out of them based on their slide. And uh, just a really – I know they lost Elijah Harkless for the rest of the season. That's unfortunate. But they, they, they weren't real competitive at Iowa State after the first four minutes of that game. That wasn't a good look. Uh, you're uh, touching base with an old friend of not just yours but the cities I hear. 
Tell us right. about that. Well, Tubby Smith uh, is retiring. You know, he, he after TU, I don't know if I can remember it in order, but he coached at Memphis. He coached at Texas Tech. He coached, uh, 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 oh, well, of course, Georgia and Kentucky. Right. Won a national championship at Kentucky. <clears throat> anyway, he has retired as the head coach at his alma mater, High Point, a small school in North Carolina, which plays its home games, by the way, on Donna's, Donna and Tubby Smith Court, mm. uh, which is fantastic. And then his son, Gigi, who played here in high school ball here in town and played for Tubby at Georgia, it will become the new head coach at High Point. So, uh no, I'll, I'll be writing about Tubby for the Sunday section. And Bryce McKinnis uh, will be writing on Gigi, who, you know, it seems like yesterday to me that Gigi was playing high school ball here in town. And now yeah. Smith is in his 40s, and he's going to be the head coach at High Point. So, uh, uh, but Tubby, you know, Nolan Richardson, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like the big three at TU, obviously, are Nolan. Tubby and Bill Self, right? And but there, it's like an apples and oranges deal to try to say which one was the more important guy because Nolan pulled the program out of the ditch and got the city excited about TU basketball. Wins the NIT in year one, sustains TU at a winning level, a, a, a winning and entertaining brand mm -hmm. of basketball, and. Well, you were a kid at the time. You remember what it was like. Yeah. Basketball was a hot, uh, was a very hot, popular commodity at the time. And then there's a little lull with J.D. Barnett, uh, although they went to the tournament a couple of times. And then they bring in Tubby Smith from Kentucky, Orlando Tubby Smith. We actually referred to him in early stories as Orlando. Putting quote marks, Tubby Smith. Right. A uh, couple of. Uh, uh, seasons to build toward what happened in year three and then year three was just unbelievable you know this uh the in the famous arkansas game downtown at the convention center i gestured toward downtown like the reader knows i'm looking toward the north here <laughs> ridiculous uh and then you know obviously they get hot they get in as an at-large the final at-large team to get in the bracket that year in 94 and they go to the sweet 16. And not only do they go to the Sweet 16, but they do it in an unbelievably dramatic fashion. Mm -hmm. Upset UCLA. They really beat the crap out of UCLA. Uh, and then Lou Dawkins hits the corner three to beat Oklahoma State, and they go dance on to the Sweet 16, where if they had faced about any other team in the country other than Arkansas in the Sweet 16, they might have advanced again. Uh, and then Tubby's second team goes right back to the Sweet 16. Right. So uh, that's set to you on a course to have been the best mid-major program in the country for 10 years. And then Bill Self, after two years of Steve Robinson, and Steve did a fine job, but Steve bolted after two years. Bill Self swoops in there, uh, builds on that momentum, adds a couple of pieces, really critically important pieces, and then comes within two baskets away from going to the Final Four in 2000. So, uh, I can't say that any one of those three coaches is more important than the other. They're all equal in importance in my mind. But Tubby, Tubby's the only one who went to two Sweet 16s in a row. I mean, he's the only coach in the history of the school that went 
did the Sweet 16 two years in a row. And, and uh, so I'll catch up with, with Tubby and write about his, uh, his place, uh, you know. And, you know, at the time he was hired, I need to go back and verify this, but uh, there, was on, there were only about six or seven black head coaches in the country mm-hmm. in, in Division One basketball. And so Tubby uh, was, you know, and TU was way ahead of m- most schools in right. with the hiring of Nolan and then Tubby and then Steve Robinson, Danny Manning, Frank Haith. Uh, Tulsa's had more black head basketball coaches uh, than most major college programs. So, um, in fact, a lot of them, uh, you know, TU long before, even before they hired Danny and Frank were way ahead of most schools. Um uh, so I want to write about Tubby's place, not only in TU history, but the city of Tulsa history. And, uh, you know, one of the most, uh, in my mind, one of the most significant sports figures in the history of the city and one of the most significant black sports figures in the history of Tulsa. So, uh, and plus, it's just fun to talk to Tubby Smith. So it gives me a great justification to give him a call. Yeah, it's one of the things I've learned. One of the first things I learned coming back to Tulsa four years ago now, four or five, four and a half. That is, if you write about either Nolan Richardson or Tubby Smith, that's a, that's a no fail. People can't get enough about uh, about those two because they connected with both men when they were in the city, but they also represent a piece of Tulsa sports history, especially University of Tulsa sports history that sort of feels, um, gosh, romantic almost, uh, considering the sort of the malaise, the not so much the accomplishment, the lack of accomplishment at TU. We talked about this last week, Bill, but just the the interest. It just they galvanize this, they galvanize the fan base and and even outside the fan base a lot of this city. Uh, those two guys, and uh, it's always good to hear that uh, that we're going to have something about either of those two men in the Tulsa world. So I look forward to that. They, they put Tulsa basketball. On yeah. The and, oh, yeah. And what I always appreciated about Tubby too is we would play. Uh, weekly pickup games at the old maybe gym, practice gym at TU, yeah. and Tubby would jump in there and run with us. <laughs> he would. He's a pretty good player, too. Yeah. And and uh, uh, a little bit of a dirty player. And <laughs> it didn't like to lose. He did not like to lose. <laughs> not dirty in trying to hurt you, but dirty in, uh, you know, he didn't want to go back to his office with a with an apple. That, that that never leaves a man. No, <laughs> I, he wasn't dirty. He was physical. Was there you go. Yeah. He'll he'll take he'll take kindly. He'll, he'll, he might answer to dirty. I mean he might actually wear that as a badge of honor. So well, he, forward. one of my favorite one of my favorite guys. And you know, one of the little great footnotes about the Tubby Smith years was that he actually for a period of what two hours three hours was the OU coach. I mean, he accepted that job with a handshake with Donnie Duncan. And then that was, I guess he didn't have a cell phone yet. Most of us didn't at that time. And uh, that was uh, after the 94 run. And he stops at the, the convenience store on the turnpike on his way back to Tulsa and calls from a landline, calls back to OU and says, I can't leave to you. I'm not leaving. Stays, goes back to the Sweet 16, gets the Georgia job two years there, Kentucky. So I'd say he he managed his path pretty well. Mm-hmm. Worked out for And that's one of those works out for both sides, right? Because that's when OU turned to Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson. Okay. That, that went pretty well. Absolutely. Went pretty well. 
for both. So, all right. Good stuff, Bill. Appreciate your time. Appreciate the uh, viewers and listeners time. And we'll be back again next week to, uh, to do this again.